HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com. listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Arway. We're here at Roberto's. It's a nice, uh, brisk January Monday. Um, a little chillier than the October-like weather we've been having so far. But uh, um, I don't know, maybe that's a new record. Mm-hmm. Weather-wise, do you, do you track records here? Uh, we do have, we do have no? s- some, weather, some weather-related world okay. records. Um, that's my guest today, Dan Rollman, one of the two co-founders of RecordSetter.com. Yes, thank Formerly you. known as Universal D- uh, Record Database. Exactly, yes. Which is a little clunky, as you can tell. So we, now we're, yeah, we, we noticed it, and now we're, uh, now we're Record Setter. Yep. Cool. Um, how come you're not wearing one of your signature yellow jackets? I, uh, I I apologize. I, maybe the listeners can pretend, but um, they they can see everything. No. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> You're not in costume. Just kidding. Uh, that's the beauty of radio, isn't it? It's it's wonderful um, to pretend. I'm referring to the signature uh, costume of uh, these folks when they go on tour. Um, most of your events are live, or uh, yeah. So well, I mean, most of your records are. Uh, perform it, live or no? Uh, it's a mix. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, RecordSetter.com is a, is an open platform for any and all world records. So the simplest way to think about it is kind of the Wikipedia to Guinness's Encyclopedia Britannica. And most of the records we get are people at home who just say, I want to set a world record and there's nowhere else that I can put this and get it recognized. So I'll just shoot it on video and upload it myself. Um, but as you mentioned, we often do live events in New York and beyond where we put on our trademark yellow jackets and, uh, 
and document people setting world records. Right. So uh, if I understand correctly, at first it was sort of like this traveling freak show where you guys would have these events and people would set the records live and yeah, videotape it, them it, well, it, to it, everyone's it, humiliation. <laughs> um, it started at Burning Man. So um, some friends and I were going to Burning Man and we wanted to kind of develop a creative um, camp, uh, a place where people could come up and participate in some manner. And I've been a huge fan of world records since I was a 10-year-old boy and got my first Guinness book. So I said to my friends, like, why don't we create a camp and just let people come up and invent their own world records? And, you know, we just did it for fun. Uh, this was in 2004. And we just did it as, like, a fun project. And people came up and just kept blowing us away with records like um, the fastest accordion rendition of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Was, Ooh, was that sounds the, awesome. Yeah, it was great. And then another guy was on those um, springy stilts, and he did the most consecutive backflips on stilts. Whoa. Um, and so we were just seeing, like, this amazing um, display of human creativity and... Um, you know, and, and we were just letting people create the rules and invent the world records themselves. And, you know, at this time, this was when, when Wikipedia was really starting to blow up and change our notion of what an encyclopedia was and use the powers of the Internet and kind of collective the collective hive mind to, to, to create something much bigger. And with all these world records that kept growing at Burning Man, um, I thought there would be an opportunity to kind of um, open up and democratize world records and and make a platform where there's a, a just where everyone a is good is the best at something yeah exactly right? that yeah. that that's our core philosophy so i met my co-founder Corey henderson who's a, who's a tech genius extraordinaire and said you know here's we have 100 world records from burning man <laughs> let's build a website where we can um you know, allow people to dream up and create their own world records. Now, what was it that you saw at Burning Man that must have inspired you to do this? Was it, I um, can't even imagine. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure There's a lot of crazy stuff. you got to come sometime. It's a lot uh. of fun. Um, you know, the, the magic of Burning Man is that, um, you know, there's no commerce. So it's a, it's a community of 50,000 people and all this creativity is on display, but they're just doing it out of kind of a labor of love. So, you know, musicians are bringing their own turntables and dance troops are doing their own performances and they're just doing things that they love to do and um sort of like a homegrown variety show it sounds yeah, like yeah i think that that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, description and kind of one of the core philosophies of burning man is no spectators so like after going for one or two years and just kind of saying wow like i am in, in an amazing amusement park and i'm kind of sucking up everybody else's energy I think I really said, you know, I reached a point of saying like, all right, I want to, I want to participate in this and I want to think of a way that we can, you know, my friends and I can do something and give back. So um, that that was kind of the the birth of, we were called the Playa Book of Records at Burning Man and then URDB and now recordsetter.com. And now a book called the Record Setter Book of World Records, which is, it looks kind of like a tongue in cheek version of the Guinness book. Is that the idea? But it's. I wouldn't, I don't think no. tongue, I, I, you know, we, we, we sometimes are asked whether what we're doing is tongue in cheek or ironic. And, and I really, and I don't look at it that manner. I think um, we're just trying to make something that, that's more open. Right. Um, or a, a new and updated version of yeah, Guinness yeah. Book. And, and, and again, I think the book is not just a display of other people's world records, but it's really a 
hopefully an inspirational starting point so that if you if you read the book and you say like wow these are fun world records but i want to get involved and set some world records myself there's a lot of tips on setting world records. Yeah, like ideas. I want to beat this guy who who had the longest time to spin a basketball <laughs> on a pinky while wearing a five foot fake mustache. Um, so there's look, and there's even a tip for beating this record. So oh, you could you're giving away. Okay. So uh, if if any listeners have a five foot fake mustache, uh, please contact Kathy or Way. <laughs> She's on Twitter at. I'll at be on Kathy the next Irway. next week's show. We'll have a lineup of guests trying to do that. I, um, I, I, what I like about it is that there you have a lot of food-related records. It seems like people just uh, gravitated to or I know you had a food-related uh, live event that was food-related records. Right. That was, that was when we first met because I'd, I'd heard yeah. about your book project and, uh, and thought it was awesome. So I said, we're doing a, a night of live <laughs> food-related world records. And we had, there was the tallest s'more was made that night. There was... Um, Adam was eating, uh, somebody ate like two pounds of herring in a minute or something. I think think he'd set the record for the fastest time to spell I love herring using herring and then eat it. And uh, and you came and we recognized you as being the um, the fewest meals eaten out by a New York City resident in one year. Right. Except I didn't have anything to perform, so I just got up on the stage there and right. uh, well, you didn't, I, I made like, fun of people I, for a while. <laughs> I had emailed you out of the blue, and I think you were a little bit taken aback. But as I said well, to you, that bef- was fun. <laughs> it, it was a great night. As I yeah. said to you before the show, we would love to have you back for one of our other live events, and we'll Ooh. think of a new record for you. All right. Uh, well, hey, you set a record right here yourself. I know you said there's none of your own records in this book. I've said I've but, said a lot, but they're not in our new book. Well, I think you guys set a record for um, uh, the best record setter book of <laughs> 2010. <laughs> Wait, sorry, 2011. It just came out a couple months months yeah, ago. Yeah, just correct? yeah. It just we just we just did a tour across uh, North America promoting the book and doing. We set an amazing amount of uh, world records around the country. So, how did you choose? Because I, I know how many records do you have in this database? Um, we have over twelve thousand from more than sixty countries now. How did you choose? You had to whittle it down to choose the best of the best for this book, correct? Yeah, this this was a really difficult uh, task, um, both to sort of figure out which which records we thought kind of added mine up. didn't make it in. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, But uh, it it was really difficult. And then, you know, another part of the challenge in writing the book is, you know, these records, people will invent these amazing world records and they get beaten all the time. And so, like, we'll have the record for, um, you know, the most images of Uncle Jesse from Full House opened in a web browser at once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, which is what? which is which is in the book and it becomes it becomes competitive like wow. so you, you put up these like you know kind of left field world records and all of a sudden you have these amazing competitions going on so it was really challenging for our team of writers as we worked on the book because we would have a world record set and we would interview the person and we would get their tips and we would have the we would have the page finished and oh then all goodness. of a sudden we'd come in and some new person had beaten the record. And I bet the original record setter now is on a vengeance to win that title back, and it's a back-and-forth ongoing obsession. I I would say the best example or the most extraordinary example of that uh, that we have on our site was um, right after we launched the site, a guy from Australia named Daniel Fowler set a record for the most giraffe tattoos on a shoulder. Oh. And he he had won, <laughs> and 
And this was like a perfect example of like the openness of our, the record setter philosophy and platform is like, you could, we believe everyone can be the world's best at something. So that was the record he wanted to set. So we had that record. And then a guy from San Diego, um, a radio station in San Diego said, all right, there's this world record on recordsetter.com for the most giraffe tattoos on a shoulder. We've brought in a tattoo artist, and are there any listeners who are willing to come in and beat this guy's record? So, like, half a dozen listeners were like, free tattoo, man. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, and this guy, um, uh, Mike McDonald, came in and got three giraffes tattooed on his shoulder live on this radio show. And then... Um, you know, and I always say this was like the day we were like, okay, what we're building works because people are competing <laughs> in these categories, but also, you know, we've opened a Pandora's box and I'm a little scared. But, but I any- know, I was hoping that you wouldn't say the guy who sticks pencils in his nose should try to get- I know, well, we, oh, we, we, we encourage safety. But um, oh. so the guy in Australia, like, so a couple months later, I came into our office here in New York and like my team was like, Dan, you're not going to believe it. I was like, what's going on? And they're like, the guy in Australia, the originator of that category... He had gone out and he got three more giraffe tattoos on his shoulder and like sent in this. It's it's featured in in our new book, but uh, and you should you should pick up the book just to see the photos of this guy and his four giraffe tattoos. Wow! So is that the end of it, or is there somebody? Well, we as we speak, uh, doing tiny giraffes. We've heard a lot of we've heard a lot of rumblings, and we were actually out in San Diego on the tour. And Mike McDonald was planning. We we went on like a local television show, and he was going to come on and do it. But I think his uh, his fiance it wouldn't let. Him. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, who are these people? <laughs> They're just you know, They're creative who, folk. They're yeah. creative, extraordinary folk who've never had a place for their talents to live. And it sounds like um, there's this community that has been built through Record Setter. It sounds like you know them pretty well and uh, yeah for better for worse just kidding <laughs> uh, no i mean we we have like people you know our most sort of the most prolific and kind of the superstar of the record setter community is a guy named brian panky of springfield illinois he has set uh, over 2000 world records no. on our website wow. and he's inspired somebody made him like a fan art book after he set 1,000 records, and he, yeah, people have made paintings of him. So, like, yeah, we have They've a, gone on to do their own projects do, yeah, that, based yeah, on the records. Yeah, and cool. they try and take him down. He's He's been on Letterman now. He's been on Tosh.0, so he's kind of blown <laughs> up from our website. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Um, going to cut to a quick musical break that you chose. Uh, yeah. Brian Adams will be right back after the break. <laughs>
All right, so we're back on Heritage Radio Network. Let's eat in with our guest, Dan Rollman from Record Center. And uh, he happens to be a Canadian, so that's why we had the little Brian Adams shouts, interlude. Shouts to the North Coast, if anybody's listening. Awesome. So uh, uh, Dan was just telling me he um, caught back from a two-month road trip for touring for the, for the book's promotion. Yeah. With um, the gang. Yeah, we um, our, our our publisher, very great workman, very graciously sent us on a uh, live event tour to bookstores and book festivals, and we did some live events of our own to to do world records around the country. And I was just starting to tell uh, Kathy um, in Phoenix, um, we we tried to do like regional records in in all the different cities we were in. So like in Atlanta, Georgia, we did the most people to share a Coca Cola, which what <laughs> was. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. We actually, it was tough. It, it was sort of ironic because we wanted to use a can of Coca Cola. That's like the classic size. And we were driving around uh, Atlanta before the event, and we couldn't find cans of Coke. Everybody sells the dang bottles, um, hmm. but we succeeded. But uh, in Phoenix, um, how many people were drinking out of the shared can I of Coke? It or was bottle? like twenty or twenty-five. It's a breakable record. So if okay. uh, if you're ever having a party of you know, more than 25 people and want to beat that world record. You, you, I'd you know, like to try that. That yeah. sounds cute. Yeah, it was fun. Everyone sips and it's gone. Yeah. We also have the another one of my favorite records, which is which is in the Record Setter book, is um, the longest straw used to drink a Coca-Cola. Oh, and somebody that's a, had to build a straw? Wow. Excuse me. That's a competitive category. Like, that's been broken a few times. Cool. Um, um, how was the food on the road trip you're uh, mentioning? Because yeah. your yeah. foodies... Both of you guys, right? And yes, we uh, we ate well. I, I have to give. I mean, Chicago deep dish pizza just like is my is my death row meal. I love it. Um, but when we were in Phoenix, we found out that there's a movement underway in the state of Arizona to make the chimichanga the state the official state food. There is currently no official state food <laughs> in Arizona, and Phoenix takes great pride in claiming ownership of the chimichanga. So we um, we were partnered with a local uh, restaurant down there called Macayos, and they brought in this like pretty 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 large. It was probably like a foot long chimichanga, mm-hmm. and then we similar to the Coke record, we did the most people to share a chimichanga. Nice. And we had like thirty people, but you know, like the local news was all. I excited. think that's breakable, definitely. And and, and uh, if you check out sayyestochimmy.com, you can join. Um, you can sign the petition uh, to help uh, the chimichanga become the official state food. And of, is every state supposed to have an official food? I, I, or it was all new to me, so it's <laughs> it's a great question and one that perhaps you can research for a future episode. But uh, or we should think of what I don't know what the new. I guess New York bagel pizza, pizza. Right. Ah, bagel. One of them. Yeah. Pizza bagel. There you go. (laughs) We (laughs) just figured it out. We have just figured out the official state food of New York. (laughs) Um, So what would would you guys eat when you're there? Would you research like the best hole in the wall, this and that, or... Yeah, we, I mean, it was like a mixture of asking the locals and just kind of saying what's great. Like, and, and, and it was a little hit or miss. I mean, I would say the, we had ribs in Kansas City. Those were a definite highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we, 
I would say the most disappointing regional food that I ate was St. Louis-style pizza. Have you heard what? of that? What is that? No. I know. I hadn't heard of it either. But they claim ownership. They had baked. They had toasted ravioli, which were pretty good, which were like toasted deep, ravioli? Deep, deep fried ravioli. Oh, that's not toasted. They call that's them deep fried. That's, what can I tell you? That's, uh, that, I don't know how they make it, but uh, okay. I think they call them toasted. Um, but they have this St. Louis-style pizza, which, in my opinion, and I'm sure purists would you know debate it but it just tasted like a thin it was sort of like it was sort of like matzah that was like doused in water yeah it was like a stale cracker Um, (laughs) so i was i was because it sounded cool i was like wow st louis style pizza and like i love chicago (laughs) deep dish so i thought i was going to be you know discovering this like new regional gem but it was it was tepid at best wow that doesn't sound good to me either (laughs) But they are proud of it, right? Yeah, and the, their type. Oh. Props to St. Louis on the toasted ravioli. It's kind of like a, those, those, those kind of dud regional foods, like uh, I think Philadelphia ice cream or something. As it's, it prides itself on not having any egg yolks in it, which seems to me a little inferior. That yeah, you gotta lame. have that custard. I, don't I know. know. Stick with a cheesesteak, Philly. Yeah. Um, well, um, what would be your ultimate date meal? And it doesn't have to be something that you'd cooked or found on the road, but um, just, you know, it's my own little personal record database hmm. that I'm collecting of every guest. Wow. That's a, that is a great on-the-spot question. Um, I think it would definitely be a homemade, I think it would definitely be a homemade meal. Yeah. I think that, you know, definitely drives up the uh, romance and joy of, uh, of, okay. of a good date. Right on. Um, um, if I was cooking, I take, I take particular pride in my lasagna. Oh, that's a good one. So I think I would maybe go for some kind of like, and, and then I would build around that. Mm. So you have maybe like a Chianti, a, maybe a Caesar. Chianti? Like yeah. the wine? Okay. Yeah. Um, a Caesar. Caesar salad? Yeah. Okay. Um. Anything special about the lasagna you like to to do with it or I've only done meat this or meat, not meat? a couple times but do you know you can put brown sugar into lasagna oh I've yeah. never done that yeah it uh, just gives it a little bit of a sweet edge oh where though in the sauce or on um, top to caramelize it or no no not on top in the in the you mix in the, it sauce. Into the sauce okay yeah. not in the crata okay no I'm not trying to the... figure this out okay yeah sounds sounds like a nice kind of like comforting little yeah. Homemade. Some candles, you know, maybe a little <laughs> bit of Etta James or Nina Simone on the on the stereo, and bam, lasagna party. I, I like that. That's a that's a good one. Um, I was I was thinking about this the other day because um, the last two guests have asked me what is your ultimate date meal, and I was like, I don't, you know, but um, on the subject of like the most kind of like uh, graphically sexy meal or food, mm. I was thinking the bone marrow, like a roasted bone marrow, might mm. be really. That, that, like, have you ever eaten it? Like, yeah. the taste is just so it's greasy. <laughs> it's decadent. It's decadent. It yeah. is. Um, yeah, it is. It leans towards gluttonous because it's just right. so rich. I mean, there's nothing else to it but gluttony. There's no nutrition really. <laughs> it is good though, and and finger foods. Yeah, definitely. the finger food. It's messy. You gotta like scoop it out of the bone. Um, so yeah, okay, that would be mine. Ethi- Ethiopian now. is a fun date meal. Oh. Like any food that you can share, like that you can just use your hands and rip into together, I would say. Yeah. 
What's that one for? Like you the inji- like you take you get like the big injera bread and then you just rip a little bit of the bread and you kind of have a big you know spread of things to dip it in. Yeah, or to pick up, but it's just very um, like you're going to make a mess together. So I think okay, that's, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. All right, yeah. I'm right there with you. I, I think that using your hands and just taking some participatory role in the food is yeah. it's always a good way to connect. Yeah. And no, and no, no restrictions, I would say to the meal, like, you know, trying to eat a romantic vegan meal is not really my jam. Oh, really? Well, like, I don't know. I just like, yeah, I eat everything. So that's, <laughs> so no restrictions on, uh, w- mm. what's in it is that's a turnoff. You think? I mean, if like, I would say like, I, I would, I, yeah, I liked would like <laughs> prefer to date a woman who like eats pretty eats much everything. anything. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. no vegans. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, have listen. you ever yeah. biased against any vegans? No, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. Uh, no, I have dated. Okay. Ve- I have dated vegans or vegetarians. So it's sort of emblematic of a personality trait that like yeah. is not. It's just as like an. It open. would. It would just be like an openness for life. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. And um, what is some? Uh, what are some of the f- best records that you've, in your memory, um, recorded? Yeah. So the Record Setter book is filled with with a lot of uh, uh, like your personal favorites. I gems. Guess. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Um, uh, well, we just did um, the top fifteen recordsetter.com world records of 2011, and number one is just like it brings tears to my eyes of joy. It is a, a teenage girl. Um, named Spinderella, and she's part of a breakdance troupe that was, I think, based in Chicago, but they just moved to L.A. and uh, she did the world's longest. Isn't she was Sp- Salt and Pepper? This is 90s this or? is new school. Okay, this is Spinderella sorry. 2.0. But I think you're right. I know I wanted the same thing. Um, That's a good name. This is a new school Spinderella, and she did the world's longest head spin. And it's like it's an almost 15 minute long video. And she just, I don't understand how she does it. Wow. There's like a funky beat playing in the background. And she just gets up on her head and just keeps going and going and going. And uh, For 15 minutes? Yeah. That is really amazing. And I don't know where else I would see that, you know, like in a video than something like Record Center. Well, we have, yeah. I mean, we have, like I say, over over 12,000 records on the website now. And almost all of them are in video form. So, um, yeah, like there's lots of, uh, lots of pretty extraordinary demonstrations of what humans can do do you have any records that you just hope somebody will do do you kind of just think of it one day and yeah i mean i like to i like to think about um yeah i mean there are lots of records that i that i want to set you know i've set about a dozen but all of mine have been broken um i think my proudest one that i set was the most bananas fit in a pair of pants while wearing them whoa (laughs) but that's it's actually been beaten a couple of times and now it's sort of sparked like a wave of people setting records of i can fit blank in my pants like most toy cars fit in a pair of pants most potatoes fit in a pair of pants so um i'm a big pinball player so like i would love to see more pinball records like i think a record for the longest time to keep a pinball ball in play would be pretty awesome oh wow that could be pretty long i bet yeah like yes oh the best players could do it for over an hour for sure all right so are those some of your new year's resolutions must play pinball for a couple days straight i would like i would I, i i'm you know i'm quite good but i'm not a world elite player but i i like you know sometimes it's fun to just set a record that you know is likely going to get beaten and then you just say like okay so i set the record for the longest time to keep a pinball in play at 17 minutes and then i know that somebody's going to come along and crush me 
Right. And I, I like that because it, like the beauty of it, it sounds like it's not because there's records for highest scores, mm-hmm. but this is something totally unrelated to scorekeeping. It's yeah. Just keeping I mean, it, it in play. It's just fun to then, then to be creative. And there's so many var- variations and all this stuff. And, and again, there's just, there's just never been a place, you know, I always say like, you know, I always use Carrot Top as an example, the comedian. Mm-hmm. So Carrot Top will likely never earn a space in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Like okay. he's just too left field. Whereas <laughs> I think there's, of course, it makes sense that in the digital age, there's encyclopedia that has space for an entry on a guy like, like Carrot Top. And I think that same kind of philosophy and thinking applies to world records. There are just, you know, I mean, millions of record categories that people can create and you know the existing model to this point is never allowed for those kinds of feats and uh yeah we're just trying to build the tools so that people can you know set whatever world records they want awesome so congratulations and uh looking forward to a whole lot of new inspiring records in the new year thank you we gotta we gotta get you in uh, the record setter book of world records volume two right me chopping my fingers off when i'm trying to chop a million (laughs) onions and failing. I'll bring, uh, I'll bring the band-aids. I'll bring the band-aids. Right. Thanks so much, Jen Rollman. And uh, check out recordsetter.com. And thanks to Jack and everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.